This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Well, it's been a long time. Cody Heidschmidt, we are back. Roundup is back. Cody Heidschmidt is back. Dare I say out of retirement? Well, just off uh, oh. hiatus. What's that called? What's that made up bullshit that professors do when they just want to break? What's that called? Sabbatical. A sabbatical. sabbatical yeah. Stupid. You're on sabbatical. Okay, cool. Listen, man, how long has it been since I physically have been in your presence? I don't know. I don't log that shit. Um, I would say... Uh, Was it the Alabama road trip? No. Think about it. Well, we were at Dallas together, but you just ignored my phone. We were there at the same time. But you just completely ignored me, so we never, like, physically got Okay, so we didn't see each other, so that doesn't count. When last did we physically see each other in person? Touch hand to hand. I will make this weird. Um, I don't know. It can't. The Alabama road trip was, like, three years ago. I'm telling you. No, we've been to shows. We did shows together since. Oh. 
I don't think so. Maybe not. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. Long time that we haven't seen each other. And uh, next week, it's a little bit of a different roundup today, but we're a big announcement. Next week, this week coming, this will drop on Monday. Thursday, I'll be landing in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, I don't think I have... No, I lie, because I've hunted elk in Colorado way back in the day. So I have spent a couple of nights in Colorado, but I don't think I've spent uh, time like purposely in Colorado outside of that elk hunt. Pretty amazing. Well, it's a beautiful place. Good people. At least in our, at least in our region of the state. Um, yeah, it's exciting. How far is Colorado Springs from Florence? Uh, from Florence, 40 minutes. All right. Additional, additional 20 to my house. 15, maybe. Okay. And the reason why we are, I am coming to Colorado, obviously to see you. And see your beautiful wife again. I haven't seen her in a long time. Right. Um, but... Something very special is happening next week. What is it, Cody? Well, the event is the Colorado Outdoorsman Days. But the exciting thing for Blood Origins is uh, we are going to do the world premiere. Is it fair to say of our first feature? I don't know. No, that's fair to say. Long form, long form documentary. Yeah, we've got one long form documentary produced and finished, but nobody's ever seen it because it's going into the film festival space right now. Why and water, but and that has not been seen by anyone in the public eye. And so, yeah, Lionheart is our first full length documentary. It's about just under forty minutes. Um. And we've been talking about it for 18 months. I know a lot of people are like, when is this coming out? When are we going to see Lionheart? And you've been extremely patient with us. And uh, the Outdoorsman, um, Outdoorsman Day next week in Colorado proved to be just the perfect opportunity, timing-wise, for us to do something publicly. And we're super excited to bring Lionheart publicly to the people of Colorado. We have some lion houndsmen in the film from Colorado, the Whitaker brothers. Uh, Justin Anglovich, who actually started this whole thing around Lionheart, uh, just texted me saying, hey, is Lionheart nearly done? And I said, yeah, it's done, man. It's um, color graded out, audioed out, ready to go around the world, essentially, to be submitted to film festivals. And then more, most importantly, to go on the road in the West. At places like uh, these festivals and theaters and cinemas and, you know, company conference centers or whatnot, but, you know, or breweries, you know, whatever. We're going we're gonna to try and put this thing on the road for the next six to ten months, I would say. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm excited about that. I'm also, the, the outboarding days is kind of a... Dan Gates and the Coloradoans for responsible wildlife management and everything. Dan Gates. When you ask him uh, what organizations he's a part of, it's a long list, but uh, Colorado Trappers and Ferretter Association. Um, it's kind of a unique little festival, or uh, not festival is the wrong word, a show, um, where there's going to be uh, 
you know, the majority of it is actually outdoors. Um, there's going to be all the way from fly fishing 101 to skinning and field dressing a bear demonstrations, um, how to handle, how to handle cats, how to handle mountain lions. Uh, once you, you know, once you've taken one, what do you do with it? And there'll be live uh, demonstrations of all that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, it's also really cool that that whole thing's happened at 11 miles from my house. I like that. So if you're anywhere remotely driving distance and you have an interest in, uh, outdoor stuff whether it's hunting or fishing um i think that the festival itself the festival is five it's like an old driving it's five dollars to get in for your entire carload of people however many people you can smash in your car it costs five dollars oh really yeah that's so cool cpw's in full cooperation cpw's actually going to do a little presentation about the gigantic mountain lion uh, it's actually a mountain lion and bobcat study that they have going on right now at colorado um they're going to do that kind of before um we world premier lion art which is uh you know a, a cool approach to it look at the science and the biology and then look at the dog side of it. Mm-hmm. and listen to the heart side of things as well which is the whole point of lion heart is listening to these lion houndsmen express to you in a, in a way that you've never heard them talk about lion hunting their relationship with their dogs before. And that was the whole point of Lionheart. That's what we set out to do when it came to Lionheart, is just tell a different side of these houndsmen that nobody's ever seen before. Well, I think houndsmen would take a ration of I mean, I, I, I just, I wish, I wish that you could put uh, everyone that is adamantly against hound hunting. I wish they knew what goes into it and the joy that the dogs find in it. You know, and I think Lionheart does a pretty good job of, of trying to relate that. You know, we um, when we filmed Lionheart, Lionheart was pretty much filmed from Wyoming into Nevada, into Colorado, Montana, and down into southern Utah. So we really have captured the vast majority, the only ones that we didn't, you know, the other state that would you would say that, you know, mountain lions um, is appropriate would be maybe Idaho. But I think we got like the big states where mountain lion hunting is king. Except, you know, Arizona. Arizona, I would say, is another one. Right. Arizona is New Mexico with those driving guys down there. But yeah, we, you know, we did our best to cover a, a swath of different uh, groups of people. Yeah. And the people, you know, it's, it was, it was, it was the, the cost or the, the talent, if you want to call it, when it comes to film. You know, we, we, have, we have family units. We have two badass female lion houndsmen. Um, you know, just guys that, you know, one of the things that we went into this with was very much a, we needed to find the right people. We couldn't just pick up any old lion houndsmen. We had to make sure that We found people with integrity and that people, we found people that really loved their dogs 
And a lot of lion houndsmen, and nothing against them, use their dogs as mere tools. But I think there are a lot of lion houndsmen out there, and a, and a narrative that is that they love their dogs tremendously, and the dogs are part of their family, and it's all about the dogs at the end of the day. It is, that is the thing that is this lion hunting community, this lion houndsman community. It's, it's all really about the dog. Yeah, for the vast majority of them. I think even some of the guys that come across this gruff and say their dogs are just tools um, are a little different when we're not standing around watching them too. And, uh, and maybe their dogs are a little bit more than tools, but they're trying to act tough. So I've been in the field sometimes. I've sensed that a few times when I've been around hounds. But uh, yeah, I think we got a great group of talent. What happened to have you ever been on a, a mountain lion hunt? I have. Did you get one? I did not, but we did on the hunt. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, 600 yards from my house. Oh, that's right. That's right. We talked about this already. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it. And you, uh, the whole like trapping study in on the backside of your house and the mountain lion had put a had a fresh kill there, and you moved the kill and up and got the mountain lion all riled up and took a, a back leg and threw it in the cage for it to be caught, right? Yeah, that was just a, a little bit of a different. Yeah, but yes, all of that happened, um, and then shortly after all of that, where we failed to get one trapped, um, and then when the season opened, we had we had some tracks go right down the driveway. I called. Uh, some friends of mine that are houndsmen, and they called some friends. And I think I was, I, I don't think I was. I know that I was pretty blessed that it was about a 45 minute hunt um, because I know, you know, there's times that they chase them for hours and hours and hours. Uh, but uh, no, it's incredible. I, that dog work, the only dog work I've ever been exposed to like that before was, was uh, coon hunting. And it's the same thing. It's just a little different to pull up to the tree and there's 160, 170 pound cat up in the tree compared to a raccoon. It uh, it sets off a different set of senses on the in the hair of the back of your neck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's amazing and something that uh, I don't want to do it bad enough to like make the commitment to learn. Like I just want to go with guys. Um. And we'll continue to do that around here. There's a lot of hounds been around here, and it's not super hard if you know guys, because in Colorado, you have to have a tag to chase. Okay. Um, in, in some states, you can just chase, you know, to train your dogs with no intention of a, of a kill. Um, in Colorado, somebody in the group has to have a tag. You can't chase the cat. So it's not hard to find guys to let you tag along with if you know the right people. That's interesting. So Colorado, you need to have a tag in your pocket. Other states, I actually didn't know this, other states, you can chase a lion with dogs without a tag in your pocket and tree a lion, but obviously because you don't have a tag, obviously you can't, you can't really kill it, but you can right. hunt it. There's also states where you're allowed, like there's professionals that chase just to haze the cat just to just yep, to yep. Move, move the cat out of an area um and you can do that as well you can 
you can you don't have to harvest obviously um but mm -hmm. also i want to say that i'm going up hearsay and had never read that never read this but i'm i'm pretty confident in the hearsay that uh, in colorado someone in the group has to have a tag if i'm wrong i'm wrong okay okay well i'm sure you'll get a bunch of text messages if you are wrong yeah you know, six two zero eight six zero forty eight oh four. If you uh, did, you receive any good text messages lately? Because we did ask people to um, text you and just say, "Hey, Cody, we're thinking of you, and we still love you." <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I got any of those text messages. Um, I have gotten uh, a few text messages. Um, Chris from Utah. Um, is always coming with a great and long in-depth articles. Um, he sent us, uh, he goes back, he sent us a phenomenal discussion point about all of the uh, Hunt Quietly discussions from the last time we had the guys from Hunt Quietly on. Um, Dude, Hunt Quietly, man. Matt, uh, Matt was on the We Are Hunter podcast, which is Jeremy Flynn and yeah. Jared. And uh, they posted a little snippet of him on Instagram. <laughs> they posted like 3,500 likes and had like 500 comments. It's just like, <laughs> if a map shows up, I don't, I, it's I just would, I would, engagement central. I want to give Matt truckloads of credit that he's forcing some conversations to have. Um, I don't necessarily stand behind some of their methods or strategies or some of the statements that they make. Um, but they're forcing a conversation, a, a conversation that needs to happen to happen. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm on their side with their statements a hundred percent. Um, but, uh, whoever is, you know, Matt has recruited a bunch of people behind the scenes to help him, you know, think through things and whatnots and kudos to Matt and that he seems to be listening to the people saying, hey, Pat, you, you, you shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> right, right. Or you, let's just temper this a little bit. Let's change this. Let's, let's think about a different narrative. And it seems to be working. He seems to be listening. He seems to be morphing, which is impressive. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, the, the, the passion that he has is, is something that we need more and more people to have when they're, when they're back at a cause. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I can't remember. What was the guy's name that was on? He had a, another gentleman on the podcast last time we, we talked to him. Um, seemed like... David. Yeah. Yeah, seemed like a, a reasonable guy that maybe could take Matt's passion and... Uh, just run things through a filter every once in a while before it goes out. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Put it through a sieve. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And not not take away the passion. Just maybe uh, take away some of the uh, attacking bluntness that Matt seems to. Have. Yep. 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 So that was the our, our regular from Utah. Is that, his name was Dave. Did you say Chris? Chris. Chris. Chris from Utah. He had some good points. Big long. Thanks that I always I love reading his stuff and he he also is good at sending us uh updates of things going on around so Chris thanks for thanks for your input keep them coming um well when I know we've been a little uh short on uh 
responding and getting things done with the roundup lately, but uh... well, you've been a busy, busy beaver, man. You've got like five hundred freaking vegetable plants to take care yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Between gardening and fly fishing, it's really been stressful. <laughs> <laughs> All the stuff I have done. Me and Daryl and I went fly fishing, and I'm not even going to tell people the state because we found a honey hole. Oh, really? We found a honey hole and fished for three days and never saw another fisherman. I think we caught probably legitimately, we caught 150 to 175 trout in two days. Fish for two days. I'm done. Jeez. Are you wade? You were wade fishing? Uh, yeah. All, all, all wade fishing and, uh, Daryl caught six different species. I caught five, and he got six. Jeez. Yeah. I will say this. Did I tell you about my brook trout adventure up in Idaho? No. Did you get into them? Yeah. So we went and filmed Glenn Eberly's Blood Origins episode, and Glenn owns the Cook Ranch. It's a very famous little inn-holding way up the back of the Frank Church Wilderness. It's on, like, the north rim of the... The north rim of the Salmon River watershed. Yep. So there's this big open meadow where the camp, the cabin is, and whatnot. And there's this, you know, high mountain stream that runs through it, constantly perennial, cold water, great for cold plunges. We cold plunged every day. But a lot of people don't know that I learned the first, the way that I learned to fish was fly fishing. That's how I learned in Leidenberg in the mountains of South Africa. So I said to Glenn, I said, hey, can we, can we fly fish? And he's like, yeah, we can fly fish. And I found the smallest fly I could find and tied it on. And the creek was, I'd never actually fished this way before. I'd, I'd seen a lot of people do it, but you're talking about a creek that's maybe 10 feet, 20 feet wide, right? And so there's no casting. It's really pulling out your backing and flipping the fly into an eddy or flipping it into fast flowing water and then giving it enough lead, you know, giving it enough wiggle room to get down deep down into some pools or some, some places that you want the fly to go. Cody, that first day, the first hour, I must've caught 25 fish. Yeah. I love those places. I love little water. And thumpers, like little, like, I don't know what a brook trout's supposed to be. You know, I was told like six inches is a good, is a good fish. The second day I fished was two hours. I caught probably 40 to 50 fish. And I legitimately caught one that was almost probably eight to nine inches. Yeah, and water like that, that's a great, that's a great brook. They, they, they get bigger. You know, it's just very much the size of the water dictates the size of it. We caught, uh. we caught brook trout in, in, in Utah. I just gave up the state that I wasn't going to give up. In, <laughs> I caught multiple fish where I was straddling the water. Oh, really? Like I had a, I had a foot on dry land on either side of the water. But what size fish are those? Like little six Six inches? Six inch brookies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was fascinating, and you, you can tell me how this works, and maybe there are different subspecies, but Cody, I legitimately caught three trout that looked completely different. They all had like the white line under the fin, the, the sort of, uh, I, I think it's the caudal fins, which are the fins underneath. But they all were just super different colorations. There was the, the distinctive like dots, I assume from a brook trout. Then there was almost some banding on some. There was a green, there was a pure black. It was incredible. 
Well, there, there's a lot of, um, I think it was like 60s, 70s, and early 80s. Um, in an attempt to save trout, there was a ton of hybridizing done. Um, hey. And there still is some, so a, I think a brook and a brown is a tiger trout. Um, and that a tiger trout. What about uh, does a does a brook and a cutthroat do they hybridize? Um, I don't know the answer to that, but you know the cutthroat has that very distinctive orange under the under the gill plates. Um, we caught a, a a ton of those as well, but yeah, and, and then every fish varies. You know, you get different variations of different fish, and I've seen brookies that looked more like tigers, and then brookies that looked more like browns, and. And uh, mm -hmm. they can go in all different directions, but it was the first time I fished for brook trout, and it was it was idyllic, dude. Like, and I figured out the water, you know, like I could see, like I could tell, okay, I'm not going to catch anything in this stretch of water. But then I would get close to a bank and be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna slam fish here, and I'd pull eight, nine fish, and then say, okay, I'm going to I'll walk downstream a little bit more to get some more fish. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. There's no doubt about it. And it's, I, I think it's because it's fishing that's more like hunting as opposed to mm -hmm. fishing that's like fishing. And I, I think that's why I love to do it. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other text messages? I don't think so. All right. Well, those of you that have stopped text messaging us, start text messaging us again. Uh, hopefully we can get Cody back off of his sabbatical and back into the roundup a little bit more. We've still got a Chromebook issue with Cody that we are sorting out. Um, and now I can see something that I've never seen before on the computer screen. So are you still there? Yeah, that's what I expected. I, you have disappeared because I see minus 214 DBFS. So anyway, no more text messages and Cody just left. So if you can send us a text message, 620-860-4804. I believe it's a text message. I, I always rely on Cody to do that. But 620-860-4804, I got it right. I did get it right. If you are in and around Colorado, in and around Florence, Colorado next week, this Friday coming, um, as Cody said, you can get in the outdoorsman day for five bucks a car. Come enjoy the outdoors at four o'clock. The doors open to the tent, the Pathfinder in Pathfinder Park, where CPW is going to do a big presentation about their lion research. Then, what we will do is five thirty. We will be handing tickets out all day long. So if you come find me or come find Cody, we'll we'll leave some tickets around. That ticket is not for entry. You can get in for free, but it is for dinner. So we are paying by head. So the tickets, you need to hand in the ticket to get some food. And uh, we'll get some food starting at 5.30. And at 6 o'clock, we will start Lionheart. And um, I hope you guys can make it. I hope that it will be everything that you think it will be. I, I love it. I may be biased. It's the best lion hunting, lion houndsman documentary, I think, that has been ever produced, uh, especially in, given the diversity of people that we have on it. So, uh, unfortunately, Cody is gone. He's not coming back. 
So again, text message us, give us some questions, send us some articles, uh, let us discuss what's happening around the world. If you see anything happening, DM us through Blood Origins, DM us through Facebook, uh, email us at info at bloodorigins.com. If you are in the area of Colorado next Friday, sorry, not this, this coming Friday, come by, come see us, come introduce yourself. I'll be honored to shake your hand. I'd love to meet you and come see an amazing film that we've been working really hard over the last 18 months uh, to showcase for you. So anyway, short, sharp, to the point roundup today, boys and girls. Uh, thank you so much. If you have an opportunity, leave a review, leave a rating for us on Apple or Spotify. The only way that we can start climbing the charts, the podcast space is crowded, crowded, crowded. We need all the help we can get uh, to lift our head above the the flood of podcasts. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll check you next week. Cheers, mate. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.